With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to episode four. We are a man of our word. We are here every Tuesday night for the Pistons Territory podcast. Thank you to everyone who's tuning in. If you guys want, you can leave your questions, comments, concerns, and the chat will answer them at the end of the show. RJ, thank you so much for joining me. What's new with you? Uh, just day by day, man. You know how it goes. Summer's getting here. You know, nice weather. Love it. Can't complain. Absolutely. And in Pistons land, there's not too much to talk about. Obviously, we're it's baseball season right now. The draft is heading our way quick, quicker than we think it is. But, you know, we still got some fun topics to talk about. We're getting creative, trying to entertain our our fellow Pistons fans. So we did have a little bit of breaking news, and that was Steven Silas, former head coach of the Houston Rockets, is now joining Monty Williams' coaching staff. Um, just any thoughts on this? Is this news we should really look at? Is it a, you know, how how big of a deal really is this? Uh, I don't think it's everything. It's something, but it's not too big, not too small. It's just, it's something, you know, like Steven Silas, we all know him. He's Houston's uh, former head coach, didn't work out there. He's had some assistant head coach gigs in the past. I think the main thing, well, there's two main things that stick out. One is that him and Monty already have a relationship. At least that's what it appears to be. Uh, I know there's a clip keep going around on social media as far as uh, Monty Williams um, just showing support to Steven Silas after he lost his father. And we all know Monty knows what grief and whatnot is like. So that was something there. And that clip keeps getting uh, shown on social media. But I will say the main takeaway is with the whole Pistons fans versus Rockets fan thing. Like, it's another dynamic in that now. I, I love that, RJ, because you just came up with a topic on the spot, Pistons versus Rockets. <laughs> I, I, I love that. So Rockets got Yume Udoka. He, he was a guy I was a big fan of. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, is that where you were going with Like, why would Rockets fans even be upset by this? I don't. Is, is that where you were going with it? I'm kind of confused. I mean, yeah, because, you I mean, you know the two fan bases have had chatter in the past, like, two years or whatnot, ever since the Cade and Green draft class. So both rebuilding teams, both teams that haven't had much to cheer about probably since those guys got drafted. And then just on top of that, we know the Twitter beef between the two fan bases. So it's like, do the Pistons get a last laugh? Because it's like, ha-ha, we took your head coach? Like, I don't know how this works. Or is it just – this the end of the beef? Like, I really don't know what happens now with that whole beef thing, but who knows? I don't think the beef is going to go away because as long as Jalen Green and Kate Cunningham are on their respective teams, I think that's where the beef comes from is those two yes, guys sir. and them getting compared. Let's 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 do this little experiment. Rockets versus Pistons. Who has the brighter future? Whose young core do you like better? I know we're going to be a little biased, but try to take your bias out of it realistically, who do you think has the brighter future, the Pistons or the Rockets? Um, 
On paper, it looks like the Rockets. I'll be honest. It does. It looks like the Rockets. I mean, KPJ is out there. Uh, Jalen Green, he could drop 20 a game. We've seen him do that. Jabari didn't have the best rookie season, but the potential is still there. Uh, and then the uh, big guy they have. Um, Alphine. Sagoon. Yeah, Sagoon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they got him. He's nice. So they got some nice pieces. But I feel like by them being in the West, I feel like the Western Conference is just a little more difficult than the East. So with that being said, the Pistons might have the edge because they have a nice future too. It's just I feel like the Rockets have a nice one on paper or a nicer one on paper, but the Pistons might end up being the one that had the better future when it's all said and done. Yeah, I think when you look on paper, the Rockets also have a lot of first-round picks coming in, but also first-round picks coming out with all the trades that they've made. They traded for Westbrook. They traded for Chris Paul, but then they ended up trading James Harden. They, you know, mm -hmm. they've made a lot of moves. They traded Clint Capella. So it, just a lot of moves um, and a lot of first-round picks coming in and out. We really don't know when they're going to have their first-round pick. I think there's some swaps involved with that, too. But, yeah, and with this fourth overall pick, I think I lean towards the Pistons because other than Jalen Green, I don't see anyone on the Rockets other than him that's capable of being, like, a bona fide all-star. I think, you know, Jaden Ivey and Cade Cunningham, Cade has all NBA potential. Jaden Ivey has all-star potential. Other than Jalen Green, I don't really see that out of Jabari Smith. I don't really see that out of Sangoon. And I don't really know if they're going to get that with the number four pick. So I think I would lean Pistons too. Obviously, both teams have a lot of cap space. Um, but yeah, I think the first round picks, it's really how much you, you know, put much emphasis into that. Because the Pistons will have their first round picks for, you know, the next couple of years. But they also don't have any extra picks coming in as well. Um, but yeah, I think like you said about the beef, the beef is going to be there as long as Cade Cunningham and Jalen Green are on those teams. But at the end of the day, I think Cade Cunningham is just another level above Jalen Green. I don't know about you, I but I just think there's levels to this. Jalen Green's a nice player, but I think Cade is a number one on a title team. I don't think Jalen Green necessarily is that. No, I pretty much agree with that. Uh, I mean, there's nothing to be said. I mean, when they played, I think they've only went one-on-one once or head-to-head -head once now in the league. Uh, not including the summer league game. And I think Cade had the better game, and we got the dub. So hopefully that's the tale from here on out. Yeah, Jalen Green could be a better scorer. He could be a better shooter. But I think Cade's just all-around game is a lot better yeah. than Jalen Green's. Um, but, yeah, in terms of Steven Silas, the only thing you could really take away from this, which I don't know how much you would even take from this, is like maybe the Pistons – aren't planning on bringing in many veterans this offseason. They are obviously already have Boyan Bogdanovich and Alec Burks. Maybe they want their veterans, you know, their veteran presence to come from the coaching staff, from Monty Williams and Steven Silas. So maybe that's not going to be – they're going to look in to, to bring in some young players instead of so that veteran presence. Maybe they want their coaching staff to kind of provide that for them. But I don't I don't think I'd look too much into this um, – yeah, I think it's a notable name that's you know going to join Monty Williams' staff. But in terms of veterans, uh, a couple podcasts ago we talked about some free agent. We did free agent forwards. Um, I titled this free agent veterans, but I mean some of these guys I wouldn't even really consider veterans. They're just kind of other free agents we didn't really talk about that I kind of wanted to go over. So this first guy, again, I don't even know if I'd consider him a veteran, but it's Gary Trent Jr. of the Toronto Raptors. Um, 
you know, averaged 17 points a game for the Raptors. You know, did have an injury-riddled year, but what would you think about Gary Trent uh, coming to the Pistons this offseason, and what do you think that contract would look like if you were to, you know, extend the offer to Gary Trent Jr.? I've actually been a fan of uh, Gary Trent since the bubble. Uh, that was, like, my first time getting, like, a lot of looks at him, and he bought out, and so I've been following his game since. So with that being said, I don't know – if I would put him on the Pistons because of one fit, it's like, and then two money. Cause like, dude, if Gary Trent comes to the Pistons, he might have to come off the bench if you're starting Ivy or you're putting Ivy on the bench. And I don't know if that's going to do us any good either. Cause you want Ivy to get some reps considering the ceiling he has. So with that being said, Gary Trent might have to play the three or he comes off the bench. And if he's coming off the bench, do I want to pay him? the money he deserves to come off the bench. And it's a no, just because I feel like he deserves to get paid some nice money, but not off the bench. He deserves to start on somebody's team. Yeah, I feel that. I do like his fit next to Killian Hayes. If he were to come off the bench, I think he's a, a good player to put around Killian. But, I mean, we already have Alec Burks too. So, yeah, Gary Trent just doesn't make a lot of sense for me. He's a, he's a good player. He's still relatively young too, but yeah. I don't think the fit is there with the Pistons. But this is a guy – I want to talk about because he's been rumored to go to the Pistons for, uh, I feel like, years now. Draymond Green. I knew uh, he was about to say it. <laughs> uh, dude, we have to talk about it. What do you think about Draymond Green to the Detroit Pistons? It's – how do I say this? I I don't know how to feel about it. Like, if it were to happen, like, right – like, say, Woj legit dropped a tweet saying Draymond Green signs with the Pistons, I would, like, freak out for good and bad reasons. Cause I mean, good. I mean, it's Draymond Green, like love him or hate him. That's not a bad asset to your team. I feel like, um, it's just the negatives is his age. Um, he's too, he is on a decline. We just got to face the facts. He's on a decline. He's not the same Draymond. He was in 2015, which is not a bad thing. He's had a great career. If I, I would love to be in his shoes. Um, so like, that's the thing, but then he's going to want some money. And I'm like, yeah, do we really want to pay you, Draymond? And then on top of that, it just gives me, like, Chris Webber when he joined the Pistons vibes. And that's that's just the time period I don't like we're living because they tried to bring in the hometown guy and it, things just didn't pan out. And that's kind of where I feel Draymond would fall into the equation as so. He's a hard know, player. Man. Yeah, he's a hard player to gauge. I think it either goes one of two ways. It either goes terrible and you basically are going to have to cut ties with him. Or he could be that guy. Because I feel like Draymond is, like, a guy that's going to improve your culture. Like, he's a guy – he's not going to come in here and be okay with the Pistons winning 30 games. He's going to want to be a playoff team. So I think he could really help, you know, mold this team and get – you know, bring a winning culture to Detroit. So I don't know. I think he needs to stay with Golden State. I, I still think there's a lot of – potential with that Warriors team still, even though they're getting up there in age, I think they could still contend for a title. But yeah, it's an interesting debate that we've had for, for years now. And if he does become a free agent, I mean, really, really interesting fit on the Pistons. Um, so yeah, in terms of how much money I would give them, I don't know, give them maybe a two or three year deal. Um, you know, the Pistons aren't going to have any big contracts. They're not going to have to pay Cade and Ivy for, you know, a couple of years so they can mm -hmm. afford to overpay for a guy. So I don't know. I think it's an interesting, uh, you know, proposition, but 
Is it likely to happen? I'd probably say no. I will say this. I don't know how true it is, um, and I forgot where I read it, but, like, I think they said Draymond I was like, if he was to leave Golden State, he would want to come to the Pistons. So that's just something I've always kept in the back of my mind, like, for the last few years. Yeah, I mean, we'll see. I think he would take a lot of pressure off Caden Ivey. I mean, this team wasn't a great shooting team, so I don't know if adding Draymond is really going to help that. But I don't know, man. I, I could see it. I could see him on the Pistons, and I think it, it it's either going to go really good or I think it could go really bad. Um, so, yeah, another guy I want to talk about is former Piston Bruce Brown, who is balling for the Denver Nuggets right now. Maybe he's going to win an NBA title. Listen, is there a decent chance he goes back to Denver? Yes, but they also have, you know, Jokic's contract, Jamal Murray, Aaron Gordon, Michael Porter Jr. They're paying some guys over there. You know, could he, you know, be too pricey for them? And, you know, the Pistons have money to pay him. You know, what do you think about Bruce Brown, you know, fitting back into this Detroit Pistons team? Truth be told, this might just be my bias talking, but I will be all for paying Bruce Brown to come back to the Pistons. Um and the reason I say that is because I feel like it will be right and wrong. I know everybody talks about Troy Weaver and all the moves he's made and da 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 da. But I just, it's something about that move that just bothers me to this day. Um, <laughs> probably more than it bothered me than Killian getting picked. But like, <laughs> no, I had to throw that in there for you. But no, in all seriousness, that's like the biggest move. Like, I just, I can understand drafting Killian more than I understood trading Bruce Brown for what we got. I just didn't get that then. I don't get it now. I was waiting for some dominoes to fall. They didn't. I just didn't like the trade. I thought it was a dumb trade. I thought it was a pointless trade. Bruce Brown should still be a Pistons. So if he was willing to take an offer from the Pistons, I'm all for it. I mean, he can shoot now. He shot 36% from mm -hmm. three. So, you know, if that's your question mark with him, well, he's proven that he can play off the ball, and that's perfect, you know, with this fit next to Caden Ivey. I, you know, he's a guy, the more I think about it, he'd be on the top of my list. I would give him – I know I remember last a couple of pods we were giving everyone like $20 million. Is he – Is he? would you give him close to $20 million a year? Considering the cash space we wanted or we have, yeah, if he wanted close to 20 I'd give him that, but I probably wouldn't go over 20 for him. Yeah. I, I would agree with that. I think he'd be an interesting fit. Um, and yeah, I'd be all for him coming back to the Pistons. Um, and then I just had another option here. Uh, Matisse Thybul was traded to Portland last trade deadline. You know, he's going to provide defense. He kind of reminds me of that Troy Reaver, like, reclamation project. Even though he wasn't really a top draft pick, he was a guy that kind of got hyped up in Philly a little bit. Mm -hmm. Didn't really live up to it. Um, do you see much in him, and do you think he could help this Pistons team win in the future, or is he a guy the Pistons should probably not pay much attention to this offseason? I feel like if he was to come here, he'll be a bench warmer. That's just my honest take. Like, he'll be – I mean, let's be real. You need players to fill roster spots, right? Like, everybody's not getting minutes, so you need about two, three guys who you know just not going to play. And, I mean, if you want to come here and do that, so be it, but – Outside of that, I'm not expecting much out of him. Because like you said, I haven't really heard his name since Philly. So I don't know if that's just me being a bad NBA fan or he's been like that much off the radar. But, yeah, I haven't really kept up with him since Philly. Yeah, maybe he um, 
I don't know. I forgot what I was going to say. But another guy on the Portland that I I was just looking at this list and you know all these guys were like veterans who were kind of like meh. But this guy kind of interests me a little bit. Cam Reddish, uh, still relatively young. There was, I mean, dude, I remember there were so many rumors of Cam Reddish coming to the Pistons. Yeah. Um, is he a guy you would look to bring in? Do you think he can be that impactful of an NBA player? He shot 31% from three last year. Uh, what are you thinking about Cam Reddish and you know his potential fit with the Pistons? I mean, you talked about the reclamation projects. If they want to go that route with Cam Reddish, I'll be for it. Uh... You know, it worked out with Josh Jackson, in my opinion, for the first season and or first half of his tenure here. And then he jacked up his ankle. He was pretty much down bad after that. So, like, if it was something like that, minus the ankle injury, where, but things were actually working, I'll be for it. Uh, the potential's there. He was a, what, top 10 draft pick? or I know he was in the lottery. Yeah, he was a 10th pick, I believe. Okay, so, yeah, he was in the lottery, his draft class, so. And he got a lot of hype coming out of college. I mean, we can't forget he was on that uh, Duke team that was supposed to be like that team. So, I mean, yeah, he's a six eight, you know, forward slash guard who could handle the mm-hmm. ball and supposedly could shoot. I mean, there's a lot to like there. He just hasn't seemed to be able to put it together. But I think the potential is still there, and he's still relatively young. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I think Pist. The Pistons are either going to go to veterans or they're going to bring in, you know, some more reclamation projects. I think those are the two options they kind of have. And Troy Weaver has shown that he likes these reclamation projects to bring in these guys that are still relatively young to try to prove themselves. But I think we're getting to the point now where you need to probably bring in some veteran, you know, proven guys that can help this team win in, in, in the present. So I, I don't know if I'm really – I understand it, but I don't know. I feel like most of Weaver's reclamation projects just haven't really worked out. Yeah, that that's like I said, the Josh Jackson one, that was probably his best example. And even that wasn't great. I mean, that ended pretty rough. So <laughs> yeah, and there's been so many of them too. Like there's Jaleel Okafor, Dennis yep. Smith Jr. Oh, I'm I'm sure there's the, Marvin Bagley. I mean, I don't think he's necessarily worked out that well. James Wiseman is another one. I mean, we'll see with him, but yeah, I feel like just a lot of them haven't worked out. I mean, maybe he's just going to keep trying until he hits on one, but I don't know. I think you need to bring in some veteran talent to help the Pistons win now, because especially if they're going to draft a young player. And um, another topic I had was trading up. We never really talked about that before in terms of trading up. So, you know, if the Pistons were to trade up to, let's say, two or three, what would you realistically be comfortable with giving up to get to that number two or number three pick in the draft? Uh, I know a lot of people talking about trading up. I don't know how we trade up just because of the fact in my, in my mind, you're keeping K, you're keeping Ivy, and even during stays. So, like, outside of those three, who are you really willing – or not who do you're willing, but who are other teams willing to take on outside of those three? You know what I'm saying? So, like, I just don't see a trade where we can move up and keep those three at the same time. Yeah, because you trade number five, obviously. I think they have mm-hmm. the 31st pick we talked about. Yep. We talked about some guy getting drafted <laughs> uh, with the 31st pick, which video is coming, coming out soon for that. But, um, yeah, I mean – 
Killian Hayes, don't think he has any trade value. Isaiah Stewart, I don't think he has much trade value. I don't even think James Wiseman has that much trade value either. So unless Charlotte's like they want Boyan Bogdanovich or Alec Burks, I don't know. This team doesn't have a lot to offer mm-hmm. unless it's a future first-round pick or two, which I don't know how comfortable it you would be, you know, if you really believe like we put Brandon Miller on this team, we're a playoff team in the next couple of years. Well, maybe you trade a 2026 pick or a 2027 first round pick. But other than that, I don't know how much does that really say about Troy Weaver that at this stage in the rebuild, they really don't have that many assets to trade. I mean, it's Boyan Bogdanovich and then the three young guys, we're not trading any of those three guys. So it's like, what else do they really have to trade? Is that kind of, I'm not going to say it's a failure in Troy Weaver, but I, I really wanted him to build up, you know, these first round picks. We've seen teams like Utah, the Thunder, the Rockets, all these teams just build up all these first round picks and all these assets. And Troy Weaver and the Pistons have just not been able to do that. Yeah, I mean, when it comes to Troy Weaver, I was honestly saying before the coaching hiring, I was like, this coach, whoever he gets, is pretty much putting his job on the line. Like, if he gets the right guy, his job security is going to be secure. If he gets the wrong guy, he's probably out of here in like a year or two. Like, that's the mindset I was starting to go with with Troy Weaver just because of the fact it's like what he's going in the year four, year three or four of this uh, rebuild as as him as the, on, as the leader or whatnot. And things have just not went the direction we thought they would be in by now. Like, 2020 when he joined, had you told us that we would still be – early lottery or not early lottery top five we still take picking top five in the, draft. the, wor- the and, worst team in the nba <laughs> and like if you told me that three years ago like yeah in 2023 the pistons are gonna be the worst team in the league i looked at you like you were crazy i'm like there's no way we're the worst so that's the thing and then to go with the other point as far as the draft picks like i don't know like sadiq had flashes but he's going now and I mean, rightfully so, honestly, in my opinion. But that's for another topic. And then even Stewart, like like you say, he doesn't have much trade value, but I feel like he's a guy that you just, you just have on the team as a, like, I don't know, like your heart and soul of the team, kind of like some personality, but he's not like a starter or anything, more like a role player that can play some nice minutes when need be. So. Like you said, outside of that, I mean, you got the three guys that are pretty safe, and then there's nothing else to talk about when it comes to draft picks. Yeah, and we did get some comments on the YouTube chat. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. We had Logan. I don't know how to pronounce your last name. You said trading up is tough. I could see a trade down um, inside the top 10. We can get more into that in a second. Um, Logan said Bagley and Boyong are trade ships. I don't think Bagley has any trade value whatsoever. Nah. especially with that contract. Uh, and then we got Robert Davis who said, Troy Weaver started his rebuild with zero assets. Yes, that is true, but he also has had cap space seemingly every single year and hasn't been able to really – I mean, the Jeremy Grant trade, to me, if there's one thing that you could like say – not save his job, but you look at that Jeremy Grant trade, you know, if he doesn't make that trade and get Jalen Duran – you know, the state of the Pistons rebuild, I think, is looking a lot worse than it is right now if he doesn't make that trade. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, yes, but thank you guys so much for joining. We do have a special guest, um, Parker Brown. Uh, Parker, this is actually the first time we've officially met. Thank you so much for joining. Uh, 
How's it going, Parker? Yeah, no problem. I'm glad to be a part of the show. It's going pretty good. Uh, just got off work not too long ago, so uh, glad to be on the show. Glad to talk some. Glad, excited to talk some Detroit basketball. Yeah, so Parker right, right is on. the uh, producer for Armani and Edwards for Woodward Sports. So I'm sure if anyone's listening, you've also heard of Woodward Sports. Mm-hmm. Parker's doing some good work there as well. Parker, we were just talking about trading up uh, to the second or third pick in the draft. Do you think the Pistons could realistically do that? And if they were, what could they even give up to to get, you know, essentially maybe Brandon Miller? Yeah, um, I think it's going to be tough if they do want to trade up to that pick. Uh, there's a lot of good players in that top four. I mean, you just mentioned Brandon Miller. He's a great selection. Um, even players like Scoot Henderson, if we can even get up to the second pick or somehow like that, uh, it would be a great it's – a, it's a great idea. I just don't know if – we have the assets currently on the roster to go ahead and just trade up for it. I mean, we can trade guys like Bojan, Bagley, Wiseman, but realistically, do we think Portland, Houston are really going to take those guys? Probably not, um, and especially trade down when you can get probably a generational talent. This is one of the best drafts we've seen in years, so especially in the top three. Uh, but – I think it's hard, especially if you want to get up to the second pick, to not give up guys that are super essential to your core, like Cade, Ivy, and Duran. Yeah, absolutely, and that's kind of what we were just talking about. But I, the comment about trading down is really interesting to me. RJ, is that something you could see us doing, trading down? And uh, what do you think the Pistons could look to get, and who would they target if they were to trade down to, let's say, pick 7, pick 8, pick 9, pick 10? I'm not in favor of trading down. Um, I don't see a scenario where we trade up. Obviously, I would love to trade up. I just don't see it happening. Uh, I would prefer not to trade down. And then, honestly, if I seen a trade coming, it would be like you trade away the fifth pick altogether and you settle for, like, somebody who's already in the league, like, somewhat solid player. So, I could see that happening. But, like, other than that, I don't see too many avenues of trading and whatnot. Yeah, what about you, Parker? Is there any players, prospects you could see us trading down for? Um, well, I know the current popular pick with Detroit uh, getting is Cam Whitmore. Uh, but I, personally, I, I'm a big uh, Jairus Walker guy. I think he's the player we need right now. I think he's a solid 3 and D guy. I mean, he's the best defender in the class, in my opinion. Um, I think he has so many special talents that a lot of teams are overlooking. Uh, and especially with it, with Houston's run uh, in the NCAA tournament, I think he's a player that we could definitely look at, especially if he falls. Um, I don't see that happening, but I mean, that's a guy you can also get at five, but a lot of people, a lot of trolls on the internet will like to say that it's going to be quite the re a little bit of a reach when a lot of the favorite is Whitmore. Yeah. But I don't know. I think if I had the option to trade up or trade down, even if trading up was an option, I think I'd rather trade down. Um, but, yeah, we'll, we'll see what happens. But, Parker, we got you on. Um, we got to get your thoughts on Killian Hayes because <laughs> RJ is the biggest Killian Hayes hater there is. I'm a pretty big defender of him. So, Parker, what are your thoughts on the youngster that is Killian Hayes? Yeah, um, I'm. I think – with the, the hiring of Monty Williams, I think Killian's really going to benefit from Monty's system, uh, especially like when you see players 
on the sun specifically, I mean, you, we can even talk about possible free agents like Cam Johnson, who was formerly in his system benefiting a lot from how his coaching style is and how de- very deep, or excuse me, developmentally focused he is compared to a lot of other coaches in the NBA. And I think Killian, I mean, he was drafted to be a de- developmental guy. Uh, but I think this is easily the best situation he could be in. That isn't a, uh, a new situation. Yeah. I like that. Um, so are you are you still are you, have you given up on Killian? Do you still think he could be? I still think he's an NBA starter. Do you still think he's an NBA starter? Uh, RJ thinks he belongs in China. I'm pretty sure. <laughs> uh, what do you think about Killian? Can he be a starter one day in the NBA? Still, I think he definitely could. Um, it's just Killian's a very uh, he's a very uh, he has his way, or it's kind of like the highway. He has a very set way he plays basketball, which kind of is hard to play in this modern day of the NBA where you aren't super flexible. But I think Killian will benefit from Monty Williams a lot, like I mentioned. And uh, I do think, I don't think maybe on the Pistons roster, because I think Jaden Ivey is way better of a talent than he, than Killian will ever be. But I do think, I do foresee maybe a Two three years from now, if we do tr- when if or when we do trade Killian, that he could end up on a, as a starter in let's say like the Houston Rockets or something. Yeah, I'd say maybe down the road, 25, 26 years old. But um, we'll see. You know, that's a reoccurring debate on this podcast, so it'll be interesting to see. But um, we got you for the last segment, Parker, which we we want to do some throwback topics because there's not too much to talk about with the Pistons right now. Um, you know, what the NBA finals wrapping up off season talk will hopefully start to ramp up once the, the finals is over. Um, throwback topic we had was if you could change one Pistons trade or signing in history. So I know RJ, you had one off the top of your head. Um, so yeah, if you only get one pick, you can either like tr- make a change to a draft pick or a free agent signing or a trade. Um, what, what were you thinking, RJ? Oh, so you just threw in a draft pick too? Yeah, yeah, you can do. Draft. I I shouldn't have mentioned that, but yeah, or you we can just stick to free agents and trades if you want. I'm gonna stick to my obvious answer. I mean, okay. draft pick. I feel like we all got the same answer if we say draft. I mean, that answer is pretty obvious. What? Um, just just to clarify, Melo. Okay. Okay. Like, I mean, that, it's that's... it's not that obvious though. There's Nevin Booker. There's Donovan Mitchell. There's. I mean, they not comparing to Melo, man. Yeah, <laughs> they, I, they I don't know. compare to Melo, man. Like, I mean, we already had the championship roster built pretty much before he got here, minus she. Like, yeah, that would be oh. my answer. But okay, I feel like my true answer, like a trade, anything like that, I got to go with the Chauncey Billups trade. Uh, I'm very biased, but like, because I mean, that was my favorite player growing up, but it's just. Like, truthfully, that's the trade that pretty much ended the Pistons as we know it. Like, we have not seen any kind of success since the day that trade. We have not won a playoff game since that trade was made. Like, that was the trade that took the Pistons downhill. And it's the fact that not only we traded our franchise player, when our, you know, core still had a little left in the tank, but we traded him for 
Iverson. Now, as cool as the name Allen Iverson is, that's just not the person we needed at that time. Like, at that point, you might as well go young or something like that. You don't go get a ball-hogging veteran player who's on his last leg at this point of his career. Like, that's just not the trade you make. So, if I could redo one trade, it would be trading Chauncey. He was going to have to get traded probably eventually, but I think we traded him too early and we traded him for the wrong person. Yeah, traded him for nothing. Uh, what about you, Parker? What are your thoughts on that trade? And then did you have another move that you could kind of look at? Yeah, I mean, I totally agree on the Chauncey Billups thing. I mean, it was kind of something that probably shouldn't have happened um, in the grand scheme of things. But I I wasn't even thinking about Chauncey Billups when this question came up. I was thinking about Blake Griffin. And I, I might have a little bit of a hot take when it comes to it, but I think the, the trade for Blake Griffin – put us in the situation we are in now to where we are struggling so much. So if, if there's any player that I wished we could redo or not ever decide to, I don't know, Stan Van Gundy made a bad decision, but when does not, he not? Uh, but I totally say uh, Blake Griffin. So we've debated this before, I think, but to me, I think that wasn't, maybe it was a Stan Van Gundy move. I think that was a Tom Gores move to where he, Oh, I just saw a comment. We're going to get to that in a second. But um, it's a a Stan Van Gundy, the Blake Griffin move. So I think that was a Tom Gores thing. I think Tom Gores wanted a star. He wanted to compete for the A seed. So I think even if that trade never happens, I still think the Pistons probably would have found another star player to trade for. Would it have worked out better than Blake Griffin? Yes. But I think even if that trade never does happen – I still think Tom Gores probably would have forced, you know, Stan Van Gundy's hand and said, listen, we need to get a star in here. We, you know, just opened up a new arena. We need to sell tickets and and we want to compete for the playoffs. So while I understand that, I still think at the end of the day, they probably would have found themselves in a similar position. Now, maybe whoever they would have traded for, because you remember this was a time when so many stars were requesting trades, you know, Kyrie Irving, Jimmy Butler, Paul George, all these guys were getting traded um, so I think the Pistons probably would have tried to make a trade for another star. Um, so who knows how that would have worked out. I'll uh, say this much. Uh, I, I honestly didn't hate the Blake trade then. And I know it didn't work out the way we wanted it to, but I don't even hate it now just because of the fact Blake gave us some, I mean, he gave us that probably the best season individually, uh, individually as a Piston could give, you know, so that was fun to watch. And then on top of that, it's like, I mean, he got hurt. Injuries happen. So, like, we could have a whole nother conversation if he doesn't get hurt. So. Yeah. 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 Oh, go ahead, Park. Oh, my bad. But I totally agree. I mean, Blake Griffin had some of the best games we've seen. I mean, I was in high school when he was on the Pistons roster. I mean, I, was, I, mean, I love Blake Griffin. I still love him to this day. I, I grew up watching him as a Clipper. But um, I don't know. I mean, did, yet did he give us a lot of memorable moments? Yes. But do I think that the decision and what we gave up and how much money he was he was dealing we were dealing with at the time? It I think it's the kind of counterbalance that yes, we had great memories, but the con is oh, that's going to set us seven years behind. Yeah, I, I think that's a good one. But to go back to RJ, it's like, I don't really know what Chauncey, because it was like Joe Dumars was like fantastic. Like he 
traded for Rip Hamilton. He signed mm-hmm. Chauncey Billups in free agency, found Ben Wallace, traded for Rasheed Wallace. Like he, you know, he was the architect of those great Pistons teams that made it to six straight conference finals and won an NBA title. And then it's like he like lost it. Like he trades Chauncey Billups for nothing. And then he just makes all these terrible moves and terrible draft picks. So it's like even let's say he doesn't trade Chauncey Billups. What does that Pistons team even look like? Like I guess they still make the playoffs in 2009. Maybe they win a playoff series. But I still feel like Joe Dumars would have found a way to not like to screw it up because that's what he did. Like I don't – that is so interesting to me how he was so good at identifying talent and building a winning roster. And then it's just like – he just got everything wrong. Like, how does that even happen? Like, he literally built it up and tore it apart himself. Like, that's pretty much what he did. Yeah, that's crazy. And then the comment I was talking about was Kobe Bryant trade that he used as no trade clause. I mean, that's maybe cheating. Oh, do you have a you have an opinion on that, RJ? Things would be so different if that happened. I'll leave it at that. How how different? So when was this taking place? Did this take place? I think it was 2007, 2006? Yeah, it was 07. There's actually two trades. Uh there's one in like 2000. We almost got Kobe, I've heard, where we trying to get him for Grant Hill. Uh, and I forgot how that one didn't go through, but I definitely am familiar with the uh 07 trade. It was Kobe for like Tayshawn Prince and Rip Hamilton. And oh, that's a steal. That's a steal. <laughs> Like, that's why I say this is a lot different because in 07, you still got Chauncey in his prime, uh, Sheets at the tail end of his, uh, uh, Antonio McDice. The Pistons still got players, and you put a bona fide superstar like Kobe Bryant on the team with a Hall of Fame point guard like Chauncey Billups, you're going to be all right. You probably win in a ring or two. I'd say at least two. I don't know about you, Parker. I'd say Kobe won two. Yeah, he won two with the Lakers. I say he's winning at least two with the Pistons. Geez, I just I can't. I mean, it's probably a good thing that that trade got said was said and told no. But uh, because that was the Lakers would be in such bad would have been such terrible shape. (laughs) Um, but I mean, imagine just Kobe Bryant, Ben Wallace, Chauncey Billups, uh. Rashid Wallace. I mean, that team would have been unstoppable. That that team would have been that team would have been the best team in the league for like five yes. years straight. Yeah, that's a good one. But I think that's kind of cheating because there's a no trade clause. Um, only other one I could think of was like Andre Drummond. I know we, a lot of people don't like to blame the Blake Griffin trade. I think Andre Drummond he doesn't deserve blame, but at the end of the day, he was getting paid a, a, a lot of money, and he was realistically. I don't know. He was a solid starter, I'd say. But if the Pistons never re-signed him to that big contract, it was his rookie extension. If they never re-signed him to that contract, I wonder how different the Pistons could look, Um, what they would have done with that money if they would have rebuilt it. The Blake Griffin trade could have never even happened if they never re-signed Andre Drummond to that big contract. Uh, They obviously thought he was worth it. In the end, he wasn't. But – that's just another one just trying to throw something else at you is just what if the Pistons, you know, didn't, you know, give all that money to Drummond who in the end wasn't worth it. And, you know, Blake Griffin, you look at his year in 2019, he was fantastic. The problem was he didn't have any other stars on the roster and Andre Drummond was getting paid like a star and he didn't play like one. When it comes to Drummond, I just feel like 
I thought he was worth it at the time. I'm not going to lie. I'll tell it like it is. I thought Drummond was worth it. I thought he was our franchise big. I thought he was like a top three center in the league at the time. So when they paid him, I was like, cool. I mean, I think he got paid right off, of, like right after the 2016 playoffs too. So at this time, like, I know I was thinking, okay, the Pistons got our core together now. We got Reggie Jackson and Tobias Harrison. Like, these guys are young, too. You keep them together, they could make some noise in a few years. So when they paid Drummond, I was for it. But like you said, looking back, yeah, that that might be different if we didn't pay him. We might be in a better boat. Who knows? Yeah. Um, I have one trade. I just thought of this. I don't know if you guys have, like, a trade or a player or a move you always wanted to happen but never did. For me, like, I really wanted Kemba Walker on the Detroit Pistons because I remember I was mm. like, okay, if you can flip out Reggie Jackson and Kemba Walker, you have Kemba, you have Blake, you have Drummond. I thought that would have been pretty good. I don't know if you guys ever have a player or a move in mind over these, you know, because all these years of us suffering as Pistons fans, um, was there ever a move or a player you thought, like, dang, that'd be pretty good? I mean – I like your answer. I thought Kemba was going to work out. I remember that trade rumor going on. I mean, I already talked about the Kobe one. That's probably my biggest one. Like, oh man, I was I was thinking like uh, Westbrook watch. You guys remember that one? That was a terrible time. That was crazy, dude. I was glued to my phone. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, a trade that I really wished happened. uh, It was actually kind of recent. It was the Bull Bull trade. Where we where he got uh, we didn't get him because of him not passing his physical. I mean, look how good he's doing on the Magic right now. I think that's that's a player I really really was wishing that uh, we got. I mean, he didn't do anything on the Nuggets. Then he we hear the news that he's coming to Detroit. Every all all my friends at college were all excited, and then to hear two days later that he didn't pass his physical, it's like oh, he would have been great for us. But I mean, who knows? I. I feel like if we got Bull Bull, we weren't going to get Jalen Dern. Yeah, that's a good one. Another one I had was Mike Conley. Um, before he got traded from the the Grizzlies to the Jazz, I thought, well, mm-hmm. Conley, Blake, and Drummond, that could be interesting. Um, but, yeah, just a fun little throwback topic. I thought it would be a fun conversation. Uh, Parker, RJ, did you guys have anything else you wanted to talk about, any fun topics, um, anything you guys got? RJ, you got something? I got a free agent one. Okay. Oh, good. All right. I want to hear this. Josh Smith. See, okay. Did, did that really – how much <laughs> did that really affect the Pistons? Like, they were still it terrible regardless. It so much. I don't care nobody say. Like, when he – so, first of all, I'll admit it. When we signed Josh Smith, I was honestly excited. I was like, okay, this is probably about to be our franchise guy. Because in Atlanta, he was the man. And then I remember that free agent class. He was probably like the second best player. I forgot. It was like a – I think KD. Was it the year KD went to Golden State? Oh, no, I couldn't have been. It had to have been before that. But yeah, it was that was like, years before that, yeah. yeah. Okay, so I remember it was some big free agent, and then there was like he was the second best free agent available in that uh, class or whatnot. So we got him. I'm excited. I'm like, okay, the Pistons are back. No, because I saw him jack up threes that he had no business shooting. He was taking game-winning shots. He had no business taking. Like, he was a ball hog. And then you just seen the difference once he left. When he left, we go on a seven-game winning streak. 
The team finally has a direction. We trade for Reggie Jackson. Andre Drummond becomes an all-star. Like, everything started working out as soon as he left. But, oh, and then he was still in our cap space for all those years. Even though he's already gone, he still has our – I could go on and on about Josh Smith. I mean, I guess if Josh Smith works out, then I guess. But, I mean, I can see that. Did you have any thoughts on that, Parker? I mean – he is right. I mean, Josh Smith was an absolute animal in Atlanta, and it, it would have been really nice. It would have been really nice if he would have worked out. But, I mean, RJ kind of nailed it right on the head. Yeah. Um, Parker, did you have anything else you wanted to talk about? Anything else you wanted to add? I missed I, – I'm, I'm so sad because I missed the free agent part because that's my favorite thing to talk about. Oh, basketball. well, let's, let's talk some free agents, man. Who, who are you liking in free agency this offseason? All right. So listen, I got three. Okay, I got three me, guys me and, I really like. Me and RJ will, will give our thoughts. So I'm gonna go from bottom of my list to the top, and like the top three guys I really want. At the bottom of my list, I'm not gonna be super upset if we don't get this guy. It's Karis Levert. I think he's a really good player. I think he would benefit really well in a Monty Williams system as a maybe bench player. Uh, I'm. I also might be a little biased. I'm a Karis Levert fan especially after all the trials and tribulations he's gone through recently. Kelly Oubre, I think he's another guy that I would not turn a blind eye to. Uh, in his two, two, two year, two, three years with Monty Williams, in 2018-2019, he averaged 16.9 points, 3.7 rebounds, and 1.6 assists. And the, year af- the season after, he averaged 18.7 points, 6.4 rebounds, and 1.5 assists. I think he's... I mean, he's a Monty Williams guy. He's a staple. And every year that he's played for Monty Williams, he's had a career. So I think that's a guy I absolutely look towards. And then last one, I'm, I'm sure, I I hope that this is a guy you guys are looking at, is Cam Johnson. Uh, Cam Johnson, in the four seasons that he's played so far in the NBA, uh, has just grown and grown more as an NBA player. First season, only averaging 8.8 points, 3.3 rebounds, and 1.2 assists. Then to this year, including the time he had on the Nets, uh, 15.5 points, 4.4 rebounds, and 1.9 assists. RJ, what are you thinking, man? I don't think those are bad names. Um, I feel like everything comes down to money, but based off the name alone, like if I throw Price out the, uh, like out the way for a minute, I'm not opposed to any of those names. Maybe Kelly Oubre. I don't know. I, that's the only one that's like, eh, I don't know. But Burris, I don't think they're bad names. Yeah, we talked about Levert and Johnson a couple of pods ago. Mm-hmm. Ubre, we never really talked about. I like that, and I think the connection is there with Monty Williams. He's a guy that could score off the bench. I don't think he's going to cost as much, and he's not going to be as a long-term commitment like a Cam Johnson. I, I think Ubre is a great fit. I think that's a really, really good idea. And I think he's – I mean – He's a free agent. I mean, I don't really think he's going to cost that much. I also don't think Cam Johnson is going to cost that much. I mean, he hasn't made, have he hasn't had any accolades so far in his time in the NBA. So I think we could probably get him for a decently cheap deal, develop him, trade him later, and then be like, whoa, Pistons, Troy Weaver made a great signing again. Yes. Um, yeah. Okay. We got, we got two uh, debates we had, Parker, Chris Middleton and Draymond Green. I think RJ RJ hates Chris Middleton on the Pistons. He was 
open to Draymond Green. What are your thoughts on those two guys? If we just would have waited a little bit longer on Chris Middleton, I think he would have been a great player for the Pistons. Uh, but I'm glad to see he moved on to have success. But, I mean, you look at that 2012 draft, I mean, Draymond Green and Chris Middleton, well, Chris Middleton, both two way better players than Andre Drummond is today, uh, were drafted in the second round. I mean, we if we could have maybe traded down and got Draymond Green, that would have been a very great decision. I don't remember who was the GM at the time, but uh, I still think – that if we would have had either of those guys still on the, today's roster, we would be looking at a very different Pistons team. Yes. Um, thanks for reminding us of our misery. Uh, but I was talking about like they're free agents this offseason. What do you oh. think about the Pistons signing them as free agents? Um, Draymond, probably not. He's going to want close to a max deal. Um, Pistons are really not looking to, he's not on the timeline. He's not on anything. I don't. I also don't foresee Chris Middleton leaving Milwaukee. I mean, he's easily the best bat, Robin to any Batman in the league. I mean, Chris Middleton and Giannis are the best duo. One of the, one of at least top three best duos in the NBA currently. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but yeah, it'll be interesting to see. Uh, I think that's all. I said we were going to go twenty to thirty minutes. We almost went fifty minutes. Uh, thank you for joining, Parker. Um, if you ever want to hop back on, I'm sure we can make that happen. Thank you to everyone who were leaving comments and watching in the chat. I appreciate it very much. From RJ, for Parker, for Mateo, who um, who knows where Mateo's at. Hopefully uh, he'll grace us with his presence once again. Um, but, yes, every Tuesday we're hoping to make this a thing. And the draft coming up, hopefully we'll have some good stuff to talk about. Um, but, yes, thank you guys so much for watching. Uh, RJ Parker, thank you for joining. We'll see you guys in the next one.